0: Welcome to Flourish with Trish, a podcast dedicated to the curious and creative. Working with like-minded women chasing their dreams is something I have always been passionate about. Being a freelance photographer who specializes in creating content for women-run businesses means that no two days are the same. Every day I'm learning, every day I'm inspired, and every day is exciting. It's a real privilege being able to spend my days with passionate women in their respective fields. The knowledge each of these women share with me in the short time that we have together is incredibly inspiring and deserves to be shared with a wider audience. So, here we are. From thought-provoking conversations to personal life stories and everything in between, I can't wait to introduce you to some of the beautiful women who have inspired me. My hope is that this podcast ignites a fire within and inspires you to live a life full of passion and purpose. Let's flourish together. When I learned that we sleep on average a third of our lives, I must admit, it stopped me in my tracks. Sleep is something I've never been able to function without. I mean, who can? Sleep deprivation is a form of torture for a reason. But getting my eight hours is something I've always needed to prioritize. If I don't, things quickly begin to crumble. For me, it starts with a tickle in my throat or I get a wicked cold sore. They have always been my body's subtle warning signs that I'm on the verge of being run down and that I need to slow my pace before things get much, much worse. When I first connected with this month's guest, Sophie, founder of Flocks Bedding, I had ironically just started reading Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. A fascinating, but rather terrifying read when you learn how integral sleep is to our overall health and well-being. Let me riddle off a few facts Matthew shares within the first few pages of his book. Sleeping less than six hours a night increases your chances of heart disease by 300%. You will feel less full and more hungry when you undersleep. On average, people who underslept ate 300 more calories a day, which equates to 10 to 15 pounds a year. Sweet cravings also increased by 40%. Limiting sleep to five hours a night decreases men's testosterone by a staggering amount and can age you 10 to 15 years, whilst also reducing your sperm quality and quantity. Sleeping less than six hours a night causes a 40% increase in cancers. You get my point. Sleep is important to our overall health and body's longevity, and why I'm rather obsessed with improving the quality of sleep that I get each and every night. It's no surprise that my ears perked up when Flocks Bedding slid into my DMs six months ago and Sophie began sharing her passion for sleep and the business that she had quite literally dreamt into reality. Birthed in the depths of the pandemic, Sophie's insomnia and struggles with postnatal depression gifted her with the idea of creating a product using British wool after she experienced noticeably better sleeps when she subconsciously began tucking herself beneath a woolen blanket at the foot of her bed. The rest, as they say, is history, but Sophie's story is a fascinating one. I truly believe that Sophie was destined for this entrepreneurial path that she's on. During our conversation, Sophie candidly describes that over the years she had a number of business ideas, but the who, what, where, when, and why never fully aligned for her until now. In this era of hyperlocalization, Sophie's mission is to make British wool the fiber of the future, and it's safe to say that her recent coverage in the Financial Times, being voted number one best duvet by Ideal Home, and launching her range of products in John Lewis, after just one year in business might I add, she's on the path to achieving just that. As always, I'm so grateful you guys are here for this one. It's an inspiring listen, and it's also a great reminder that some of the most brilliant inventions often happen by complete mistake, or they come from a place of discomfort or pain. The pandemic was a difficult time for many of us, but one of the positives I choose to believe that came from it was the gift of time and space. Sometimes, space is all we need to allow our curiosity to lead us to wonder, because wonder is the birthplace of brilliance. So let's dive right in. Well, first and foremost, happy birthday! Thank you. (laughs) Slight coincidence,
1: but um, yeah, a lovely one.
0: A lovely one. And what uh, what a lap it's been that you've just had. I mean, has it been the most fulfilling
1: and chaotic and exciting one yet? I think so, yes. I was actually thinking back to my birthday last year and it was with a couple of friends in Harrogate and I was sat on the end of my friend's bed talking through Flox products and they were videoing me on their phones and (laughs) most of it was unusable but I thought how funny that a year ago So I think it's going to have to be a birthday tradition now. Has to be, has to be.
0: Well, that kind of brings me into my first question for you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how Flocks came into fruition?
1: Certainly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have never been, um, I guess, an amazing sleeper and... Within our family, we have what we call the Haynes Sleepy Gene. So okay. sleep's always been a thing that we've talked a lot about. Um, my mum really struggles with sleep. My dad falls asleep at the kitchen dinner table. Um, so I guess, ultimately, that's kind of always been something that I've been sort of passionate about and understanding the importance of getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've got a product design background, so I... Um, I studied design for industry at Northumbria University, a really sort of highly acclaimed degree. But I, that was never part of my initial plan. It was kind of direction given from school. Actually, I initially wanted to be an architect. Really, which is quite funny because I am obsessed with property and and I love I appreciate you know architectural design, but I could have never studied for seven years. Um, I'm just. I'm not a massively academic person, <laughs> so <laughs> me, I think
0: me either, girl. Me I would either. have
1: struggled. So I sort of landed on product design, and I I sort of struggled a bit, but I worked really, really, really hard and left with a, a first class honours, which just felt oh wow, a bit of a miracle, really. <laughs> um, but then I took a really different career path. So I think throughout. Um, mine and my sister's life our parents and their friends have been really aspirational and we've often looked to them for direction and some advice I was given um when I was sort of finishing at university was just go out there and get some really great training Mm -hmm. um in the corporate world Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so I actually applied to Asda to be on their graduate buying scheme I think there are something like four thousand applications and sort of twelve places a year or something. Wow! But I think because of my design degree, I stood out on a CV. On you know my my CV stood out yeah. because it wasn't a business degree; it was a des- design for industry. I think probably wanted to see me because it sounded interesting, and and I did that. So I've sort of gone sort of full circle, but I think. Deep down, I've just always wanted to have my own product or in business. I think my parents sort of tried to send us in a slightly different direction because they were both um, business owners. Um, my mum had a PR company. My dad has still has a floor care business. He works incredibly hard. Um, and I think they felt... you know, it's a slot. It's a slog. You know, I think people Mm. look and feel quite envious of people with their own businesses, but the reality, and I think I'm learning this fast is it never stops. No, it's not a nine to five, is it? And the book ends with you. So, yeah, but that definitely is not deterring me. I think when you're fully passionate about something, you don't actually even feel like you're working. Mm. So, um, yeah. So going back to the, the sleep journey, um, When I had my um, children, my sleep got worse. And I think ultimately all is to do with your hormones and sort of the the shift. And and what I noticed is I was waking in the night and when I, I, I was going to the loo probably, coming back to bed and if my wool blanket had fallen off the end of my bed, I was picking that up and putting it back on the bed. And that was consistently every night. I was like, hmm, there's something in this, like... And you didn't know why you were necessarily reaching for the wool blanket? No, No, I think it's to do with the weight, I think. Right. And as we know, um, the weight of blanket market is is big now. Um, And I think... What I, but what I loved was my wool blanket was natural. It was wool. Mm. And I've always loved, um, you know, natural and sustainable products. And actually, when you look at the way to blanket market, it's not that environmentally friendly. So initially, my thought was to do kind of a more sustainable way to blanket, you know, so more of a traditional wool blanket, but with more wool. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at that and then looking at actually what, what are we sleeping on and under? And yeah. what are we breathing in? Um, and the, yeah. And and also the massive issue with synthetic and down bedding is it, it doesn't biodegrade. And people mm-hmm. change their synthetic pillows every year, two years. And that is going straight into landfill. So it's a massive contributor purely because it's just so big, mm-hmm. you know, and bulky. Yeah. And um, and what's amazing about wool is that it decomposes over time, biodegrades and adds nutrients back into the soil. So it's actually regenerative. Wow. So it's amazing. And then when you actually start reading, and I was testing wool bedding because wool bedding isn't new. There are brands out there doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is It's scientifically proven to improve your sleep.
0: Really? And the
1: main reason for that is because... Um, wool is temperature regulating.
0: Is this why we see like a lot of babies uh, you know exactly. in a pram
1: sheepskin. Right. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's an incredible natural fiber and so the main reason people wake on the night is because they're overheating. That's mm-hmm. the biggest reason. So you just don't get that as often with um with wool. Um wow. so and then I just got really excited because I recognise that I could do a, a fully sort of UK grown and made product. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the skill set in the UK to manufacture wool. Um, in fact, you know our um, where I grew up, which is Huddersfield and West Yorkshire, is, is famous mm, for it is. Um, the, you know the textile. Trade and my one of my grandfathers, he worked in that business and he actually graded sheep fleeces and I've got old pictures of him at oh. shows doing that. Um, so it's kind
0: of in your blood. It's in the family. Yeah, and then my <laughs> other um
1: far- and my other grandfather was a farmer. So together, yeah. I felt like my sort of my this strange sort of family sleep mm. <laughs> challenge or whatever you want to call it along with my sort of career hit career and um background in um, product design and then my sort of family history just all of a sudden it, it felt like it was um really meant to be
0: yeah like the stars were all aligning yeah
1: exactly yeah that's
0: crazy and so you ye- has been around for How long? A year. One year. More or less,
1: exactly, yeah.
0: One year. Yeah. And in one year, you have done everything. I mean, you're now launched in John Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) You just had a huge article in the Financial Times. Do you, I mean, these are huge achievements, Sophie. Like, people work their whole lives to to get this or to to even get five minutes with a buyer at some of these places have, first of all, have you stopped to appreciate or acknowledge how huge these massive milestones are? And do you, is it kind of unbelievable to see how far you've come in just one year?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess ultimately I've probably not, taken the time to really reflect mm. and celebrate. Um, I try and publicly share the successes. Yeah. Um, but I don't think intrinsically I've really processed it no. and really <laughs> believe that it's <laughs> happening and happened.
0: I mean, it's gone so fast. It's happened so fast for you. It. This is like, I, I just, it must be like a pinch me moment to walk into a John Lewis or to go on their online shop and see your product that you designed last year on the shelves.
1: <laughs> yeah. I they think I dare stop to celebrate. Why? I yeah, I just I this I am i I'm a bit of a perfectionist and there's just so much more that I feel I could be doing and want to be doing and um yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to celebrate yet. Okay. But when will you
0: be ready to celebrate (laughs) though?
1: It's been like such a lovely, like organic journey today as well. And, and you touched on the media, you know, there, it's an incredible, the the wool, the British wool community is a really lovely community. Mm. There are so many incredible brands out there. Yeah. Um, sort of, Yeah. That have he- that help that have helped, but also this. There's a lot in the press around how wool should be the fibre of the future because Ooh, it's completely like that. sustainable.
0: Yeah, I liked the what um, the article sheep, from sheep to sleep. Oh,
1: there's a funny story there. Why? <laughs> because my husband and I, I think, came up with that. Like this is about well, it, it must be at least eighteen months ago, if not longer. And then a couple of weeks later. <laughs> John Lewis and Waitrose launched their "From Sheep to Sleep" campaign because they were talking about using the Waitrose sheep in their and the wool in their mattresses. Oh, and we couldn't God. believe it. We're like,
0: pipped us to the post. Have you read the book Big Magic? Okay, no. so if, I believe it's by Elizabeth Gilbert, um, and she talks about the the specific thing where when you have an idea that that comes into your head for whatever reason, if you don't act on it. And I can go woo-woo here, but the universe will give it to someone else, right? <laughs> and I've seen this so many times, like whether I'm in the shower and I have an idea or maybe it might be even a song lyric, which I don't write music, but I swear to God, I'll hear it later or somewhere else. Isn't it weird how like these things can happen? It really is. But this yeah. is, just, you obviously are in alignment with like the way that things are going. And I loved like with your brand, there's a whole hyper locate, lo- what what's it called? Hyperlo um localization yeah lo- yeah hyper localization yeah right and like with what you're doing the i mean the the carbon footprint must be very low oh it's
1: yeah it's completely insignificant and what we're doing is actually you know positive for the planet and the environment so yeah that's yeah amazing and i'd love to be able to put some tangible numbers around that Mm. and again that's something that I will get to but you know you look at like the likes of Patrick Grant and what he's doing in terms of working with local areas and natural materials and yeah I mean it's yeah it's a really exciting time to be on the journey that we're on Mm. right now um and yeah I just yeah hope it continues I feel like it will um
0: you mentioned before that you've kind of, with your background in product design, you've had um, ideas in the past for different businesses. Um, but for whatever reason, things just didn't seem to stack up. Tell me why Flocks ticked all of the boxes for you and why this is so important.
1: Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, we have I have had lots of varying ideas in the past, and they maybe not quite been relevant enough to my experience or I haven't felt wholly passionate about them. And I integrity is everything to me. Um, mm. I and I think it's because of my personality type. I'm just a very sort of open, person and I can't hide anything Mm. you know like my friends say (laughs) you are the worst liar like
0: that's a good quality to have I think it is
1: we always had this joke when we were younger when we when my friends were maybe dating like untrustworthy boyfriends or whatever (laughs) and they always said so we always discuss if you could marry a friend who would it be it would always be me probably because I'm so (laughs) transparent oh and um I think why I got so excited about flocks mm-hmm. was because I knew that I could have like a fully transparent supply chain yeah. um which is just so important not just I mean it is really important in this day and age mm-hmm. um because obviously there's a lot of talk around greenwashing but also just for, for me and it was important that anything that I was going into fully going into and investing money in yeah sort of ticked the who what why when and how and very quickly I realized that this you know that flocks could yeah uh, because I knew where we'd get the wool from I know where it was going to be cleaned and scoured which is obviously important where it was going to get manufactured so that that's the who um yeah. <laughs> who what why and and how and then how I was going to take this to market, um, and was that really clear for you? Like yes, like completely clear from from the off. Wow. Which and I I didn't have all the answers, mm-hmm. but I knew I could quickly, you know, I could quickly get them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I, I wanted to launch this sort of the most premium luxury bed wool bedding line and mm-hmm. um, in the market um and i realized that the only way i felt i could control that completely was to keep it all within yeah. within the uk
0: yeah and i i, I imagine you're exceptionally hands on like you yeah yeah,
1: i go a lot to the factory you know currently do all the distribution yeah. um <laughs> out to customers from yeah from home which is you know not yeah. that practical in the long term um but we're making steps to sort of address that but yeah customer service is absolutely everything to me as well and looking at my previous roles like even you know when I worked in Sainsbury's bakery and where and, and you look back and all of a sudden you like all of those experiences and um it, sort of awkward situations you're in as a as a teenager in a job when you don't know how to handle a situation have actually being so invaluable to my journey now.
0: Oh yeah, and you don't know it at the time. No, you but really looking don't. back, you're like that was like a significant moment or profound yeah. in the shaping of who I am, you know?
1: Yeah. It's I remember a, yeah, I remember working for a a baby brand, a sustainable baby brand actually. Um and we did glass feeding bottles and sort of natural latex teats and I'll never forget this mum calling asking where her delivery was because her baby wasn't feeding mm. and you know that is really se- a serious yeah. issue to deal with when you're you know relatively young and don't understand that kind of trauma I remember just saying I'll, I'll get in a taxi you know and I'll oh. deliver it I'll come like I'll get one and I'll come deliver it and and I want flocks to always have that approach to customer service
0: mm-hmm
1: which is amazing and you, you mentioned too that
0: you wanted to be like you wanted to create like the best bedding I mean yesterday didn't ideal
1: home just yeah, that was a surprise <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's a huge one it's, what, what, what was it again so um our winter duvet was voted number one and got five out of five stars um in the ideal home sort of yeah
0: and you did not know that was coming not know
1: it was coming and that was a love that was a great day (laughs) I remember waking up and getting a new review on Trustpilot lovely glowing review and then getting that and I was like these days Mm. are amazing and then yesterday was not as nice um, because I had IT issues. It's, it's a roller coaster.
0: It is. It is, and there's no what. No two days are the same. And I can imagine as you're growing, like the growing pains are, they're very real. And Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I bet you that's been buckle up, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's just we touched on this earlier. Just that realization that the book stops with you and mm-hmm. only you, and there is no IT support, you know. I, you are it. Yeah, <laughs> you are it. And yeah, that's, yeah, it's just a lot yeah. when, you know, you are running a yeah, business on your own. But.
0: Absolutely. Um, we we were talking earlier about how, you know, you wanted to know, like tick all the boxes, who, what, why, when, and why it's important to you. But I think that actually ripples down to to the co- consumer because I feel like now more than ever… Um, consumers are more, they care more about what they're putting on their body and in their body, right? Yeah. And I think too, because of the technological advances, consumers are now able to even go a step further and track everything through an app or a device. And I would say about 50% of my friends are wearing Fitbits or whoops or the aura ring. And they're absolutely obsessed with everything from their steps to the, their sleep cycles. Have you been able to track any of this data through your customer feedback to know how how the duvet or any of your bedding is affecting their sleep?
1: It's a really good question. And yes, so when we first launched, we did have a handful of customers coming and saying um, they had seen an unexplained improvement in their sleep um, via their, like, Fitbit. Mm. So... And that was like more restorative sleep. So obviously your Fitbit tracks your sleep in different stages. Okay. And they were seeing a longer period of, um, yeah, REM sleep. Yes. So, yeah, that was amazing. And But it's only really been anecdotal feedback. But I definitely would love to sort of, you know, commission a study or link in with a university to actually really see some sort of tangible results because we know i feel so confident about the fact that wool works yeah and so if we could really yeah draw i'm i mean personally i've had been sleeping on
0: one of the flocks um toppers for six months now i guess and my biggest thing for me is you know when i go to bed i'm always freezing and my husband's always so warm and it was a great kind of science experiment because putting that down. And I, I now want to continue to invest in like the, um, the duvet and the pillow because it's, it's already improved so much that we can sleep in the same bed and he's, he's not overheating and I'm not freezing and I'm not having to have a, um, what was I using my, he hated it was the, uh, the mattress warmers or, you know, like the Heated <laughs> electric blanket. Yeah, and he's like, "You're gonna like." I mean, the cost of living was not ideal, right? So, but it was. It's been amazing to see just the the difference in our sleep that way because I was always so cold. So, um I I do think that it would be amazing if you were to do some kind of study to track this because, I mean, I just listened to a, an episode recently on the Diary of a CEO. I think you actually got me onto this
1: when we first started speaking. Oh. Love He's it. amazing. He really is. I need to like, I feel like I'm just going to keep messaging him till he replies to and he will. send him some flocks. Put, <laughs> put
0: that into the universe. No, because he was, have you listened to the one on Whoop? No, I haven't. Okay. That one's amazing because he talks about, they're talking about sleep. They're talking about every, every little thing that, we're, that we can track to better ourselves by 1% or. you know in the long run and I think that would be an amazing thing to see
1: because then you can show the science Mm -hmm. behind what you already know to be true yeah no it's and just the fact that someone like him he references sleep such a lot Mm -hmm. and that to me you know it is everything yeah and you are a better version of yourself if you're well rested and Yeah, I just um, I'm, yeah, I'm so passionate about it. I know, I, I can tell,
0: I can tell that. But and there are so many. Um, I, I've just finished reading Why We Sleep.
1: Yes, wow. Which you got me onto. I haven't finished it yet. It's quite intense. It
0: isn't. It took me a while to get through it because yeah. it's heavy. But also, it's it's um. There's so many. Um, facts within it oh, but it's it is terrifying it's scary really scary like how when if you're not getting enough sleep and you're saying the restorative sleep how it can affect like the longevity of your uh, your your body's longevity chronic disease and illness it's um yeah i think it's something that it's can we make
1: sleep sexy <laughs> can we make <laughs> sleep sexy we're if trying we can, <laughs> we're trying we're
0: doing it yeah. we're doing it uh,
1: yeah and you touched on there so i um i with my second child, I, start, I suffered with postnatal mm. um, and I sort of read about it and I didn't medicate and not because I was against it, but there was a direct correlation between my really bad days and the night before, just not getting sufficient sleep. And then when you read into postnatal, it, they, the two are directly linked. Yeah. So how it does just affect your mind um so drastically yeah um and I think yeah that is another reason um and just you know more impetus to how could I help yeah help everyone sleep better um and yeah do something positive for the environment and how do you sleep now so good question and this is a sort of slightly strange answer, but I just don't think about it as much anymore. Mm. And I think that is a real sign. Yep. And somebody else said it to me recently. They had invested in a, a duvet and said to me, what I've realized is I'm not focusing on it as much because I'm obviously more rested. So I don't, yeah, which is like the biggest compliment, yeah. right? So all of a sudden you, um, you're just sleeping better. Yeah, And you've almost not even realised it, but you've realised that you're not talking about being tired as often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I still wake, you know, and it's it's cyclical for me, um, which, which I found your Hormonal Yogi um, podcast so yes. interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, but what I'm finding is, yes, I'm still waking, but I'm going back to sleep. Okay. Whereas before I would be awake for hours yeah and that doesn't happen anymore yeah well
0: those endless those hours that you were awake led to a great business idea (laughs) so you have to be grateful for that right every cloud what so since starting what's been the hardest day since beginning flocks in your business
1: it's a good question I think so we offer a 30 night sleep trial oh cool yeah so you know, we we so we believe so much that you will sleep better. That if but if you don't, you don't like the product for whatever reason, you can return it. I think the day that I got the first return, okay, was pro and and actually our return rate is so low. You know, we've shipped, you know, over three hundred and fifty four hundred orders now, and we've may, maybe had four or five returns ever. So yeah. Incredible, but pillows are really personal choice, aren't they? Yeah. So, and it was always going to happen. I think that's the sort of a hard day because you, you know, you want it, even though it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, you, you've got to be able to take criticism and feedback, and that's yeah, that's fine. And then you know, I touched on it earlier, but just yesterday was such a hard day. You know, opening a laptop up that you think that runs everything and it not working. You know. Yeah. And you've got a backlog of orders and loads of customer service emails to get back to of customers asking you know what should I choose and you know and I think that's stuff that's out of your control Mm -hmm. and that's that's quite hard but I feel like it's been a, a lovely journey. I really can't complain too much.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're, you're going to continue to grow, obviously. So I guess it's just like it's employing those people in the growing part of it, right? Because there's probably that teetering
1: point, isn't there? Yes, and that is is soon very yeah. much so. Um, it has to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what motivates you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. That it sounds so cliche, but what ultimately motivates me when I feel inside like I'm doing a good job, mm-hmm. and I think I could apply that to every every job I've had. Mm-hmm. You know, i I worked in sales for basically ten years, um, where you have a budget you've got to hit. So really, money is the incentive because if if you hit you budget you get a bonus so I should probably say that I'm money motivated but I'm really not mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband will hate me for saying this um <laughs> no he won't but because obviously you have to make money you yes. know I, we have to I think I get it, I get the most joy and satisfaction and motivation that spurs me on to do more when I'm working hard and I'm doing a good job
0: yeah
1: um I think it's as simple as that. And bringing that back to flocks, what motivates me is the reviews, you know? Yeah. If I get a great review to say, wow, I can't believe I'm sleeping better. Mm -hmm. Obviously that makes me want to sort of shout louder about the wonderful fiber that is wool and how it helps you sleep and how I get that message out. Because... It is a challenge because there are so many qualities of wool. Not we've touched on the temperature regulation, but it's moisture wicking, anti-allergy. Yeah. And it's almost the fact that it's from, you know, it's completely sustainable. Yeah. It's grown on sheep's backs. Sheep have to be sheared as part of the annual cycle, you know. So it's how I get those messages across. So that is my probably biggest challenge communication yeah. and really actually my my career to date I haven't been that involved with that side of of business mm-hmm. so yeah i think motivation just comes down to just feeling great and feeling passionate and wanting to do an even better job than you did yesterday
0: yeah and what would be your favorite part of what you're doing right now is there like a, a favorite thing you like to do or is it all of it oh,
1: question i um i think i love i love the customer interaction side and getting feedback from customers about a product that i've designed so Mm. i love that and and actually how can i improve that product you know yes we've got a range of pillows and duvets and how can you improve them but i think what's really important to me is that i imply kind of innovative design to actually a really traditional sort of um yeah sort of traditional uh, material.
0: Yeah. Or even product because yeah. you, don't you have a pattern on one of yours? Yeah, yeah. So the
1: corners. So yeah, things like that. It's yes. like, so that excites me. yeah. But I think obviously what really excites me is when customers respond to that, you know? yeah, And are like, wow, that, that way of making a bed with a corner pocket, is like, like is game life, changing. <laughs> life changing. Yeah. know no, it is. But I, I go back to your original question. I think I enjoy every aspect of it. Yeah. And my personality type is very much, I'm... I'm a bit of an all-rounder. Mm-hmm. I like dipping into yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm probably less of like a specialist. And yeah. uh, I'm very self-aware. I know that. So my skill set probably always lends itself to running yeah. my own sort of business.
0: Absolutely. What's the biggest thing you've learned?
1: <sighs> um, the biggest thing I'm learning is that I can't do it all, yep yeah yeah <laughs> i i can't I physically can't, and it's going to fall down unless I get help with certain functions of the business mm-hmm. um but I think my, the learning has just been like if you truly believe and feel wholly passionate and it ticks the who, what, why, when how just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid.
0: Where do you see Flocks as a brand in the coming years? And do you have some big goals? Good
1: question. I think, so I, I really want Flocks to be synonymous with sustainable sleep, Okay. both from a, um, it being a sort of sustainable product but then customers not even thinking about their sleep which Mm -hmm. is what we touched on earlier yeah um and i guess i really want to be known for kind of pioneering the wool bedding revolution Mm -hmm. um because there are other brands that do it and do a really great job um and but you know i feel like there is room there is there was room for flocks because the louder that we can all shout the message um the the bigger the difference will make and i think there's some crazy statistic um less than one percent of people sleep on our underwall bedding which is not massively surprising but you know even if we can make that 10 percent, the difference that could make and i don't want you know i'd like to it's not just to be servicing the uk but i'm really keen to look at international demand as well yeah We had from the piece in the FT, how to spend it. There's a lot of um, Americans getting in touch. So it's how we service that demand. Um, Yeah. So are you currently shipping to America yet or? Not yet. Not yet. We want to get there. Mm -hmm. Just about how we do it in a viable way. You know, since Brexit, it's even hard for us to fulfill European demand. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, but we'll we'll get there. We will definitely get there. It's just about me making time to fully understand the implications mm. of exporting our products and and the costs involved. Really,
0: yeah. But about, I mean, the education piece, I think, is so big because yeah. you're since meeting you, you've you've opened my eyes to so many things. I mean, at the beginning of our conversation, I think however many six months ago, you said to me like, "Have you thought about what you're sleeping on, Trish?" And I was like no like and I'm we spend I think what is it like 30 years of our life
1: an average a third of our life yeah a third of our life sleeping yeah Yeah.
0: and it's kind of crazy that we like I mean I'm just speaking personal that I hadn't ever really thought about that so you know if you just continue I think as you continue to you know spread the the word on 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 wool bedding it it will be a ripple effect because it sells
1: itself hopefully yes and that's Again, when I was launching a product, I, I don't want a product that I'm having to like force down people's throat, you know, yeah. throats. I want people to be able to relate and, and really feel like they need it and yeah. want it and it will add benefit to their lives. Yeah. Um, it's not some
0: like slimy marketing scheme because it's true, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that's like the nice part is like, you know, you can be so transparent. You can show every single step. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people will relate like, relate to that but also love that because they care you know that's going to be ultimately the people that you're going to attract are the ones that care
1: about yeah I hope so yeah and it's interesting the mattress kind of market exploded maybe 15 years ago where we were diversifying into other materials and obviously foam has got so many memory foam has got so many benefits for people with bad backs and Um, and we and even you know we see the benefit of of foam but it's not great from a you know overheating point of view right because it's not breathable oh um so it's and there are there are other materials being launched now that that are you know man-made but breathable and but I think people are becoming more conscious again. It's doing like a full circle yeah. thing where there are a handful of brands now really focusing on wool and how they can integrate wool into their mattresses because of its moisture-wicking properties and
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything. But obviously by adding a topper, yeah, you can really, yeah, you can hopefully have the best of
0: best, best, of, best of both, of both as
1: well. Um, just a random one, but
0: when it comes to like cleaning these things as well, like the duvets, it's yeah. quite easy
1: to do, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and really environmentally friendly because you're not having to use water so essentially what we advise is that you hang on a dry day you hang your bedding on the washing line or just put your pillows outside and the the the, um, fresh air and sunlight will actually help to restore the natural antibacterial properties of wool and actually help it make it sort of more springy again as well that is crazy i know it's it is amazing um and that doesn't help maybe if you've had a major incident but you, you can spot clean them and there are washable wool um bedding um mm-hmm. is available and out there um but we sort of looked at it and you know how many people actually would be confident enough to machine wash their bedding yeah uh, i don't know you know so yeah, yeah we'll see what's next for flocks?
0: It's been a big I year think- for you, girl.
1: <laughs> it's been a I big think year. It, ultimately, it's about building the systems and processes and making the existing to the existing business and improving our current product offering. Yeah, but I would like to extend the product out. You know, use more wool. In I, I'd love to go back to that original idea of this like beautiful luxury blanket. You know, mm. heavy wool blanket. It takes us maybe in a more of a trend-led direction as well. Yep. But then also other, you know, sustainable products for the home. I always said I'd never do bedding, but it's becoming clear that people want to know they're investing in the duvet, pillows and top. They want to know that they've also got the linen or sheets that fit perfectly. Yep. And I, from my own experience, feel I know what, like, which cotton works best Mm -hmm. and so I think that maybe is something we'll we'll move into yeah um yeah just watch the space (laughs) well we will
0: (laughs) um I'm gonna finish with one question that I had so recent last earlier this year I spoke to a grade 12 social studies class that was called challenge and change Um, I did this virtually to a class in Canada and before I signed off with the kids they asked me a question that it really made me think and reflect and I think it's going to stay with me for the rest of my life so I'm going to ask you the same one if you don't mind (laughs) if you could go back to your 16 year old self and tell little Sophie some words of wisdom what would you tell her
1: this is a really interesting question. I wonder why 16? I think because maybe that's how old they were. Yeah. <laughs> because they were yeah. thinking
0: like, what would you be like,
1: you know? Yeah. So I um, I think ultimately it comes down to not letting like those, from, from the age of sort of 16 to sort of your mid-20s, I think are really sort of shaping time. Mm. And I at 16 probably felt, fairly confident because I wasn't as self-aware as what I went then went on to be mm-hmm. and ultimately it's about not letting anyone kind of dull your sparkle yeah because I think when I was maybe sort of 14 15 you know I I probably wasn't that confident in those years I had horrendous acne as a child which sort of yeah but I think by the time I got to 16, I was maybe a bit more on top of it and fairly confident. And I think, it, yeah, it was, I guess I was working hard. And I think that's something I would always tell myself, like I wouldn't change anything about how hard I worked, mm-hmm. but maybe wouldn't let, I think I was so looking back for those years, maybe I 17 to kind of 24 It would be just stay confident and, yeah, and and just have fun, be yourself, but work hard. Yeah. And I think being tenacious is something I've definitely always been. Um, And I was chatting to my parents about this the other night and they were like, you've definitely, like, (laughs) always, you know, you've not stopped till you've got where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, don't let, don't let boys bother you or distract you. And, you know, we've all been there. And I look back, I'm like, why did I even have a boyfriend when I was 17? Oh, like, I, don't know. I think we can all relate. <laughs> uh, and you've got to, but yeah. also have fun. Like, don't care about that. And that's definitely something. Um, but I think as you get older, you become more self-aware, don't you? And mm. I remember entering the corporate world I touched on before and having a, a quite a tricky boss to begin with, a very tricky boss. And I think she just wants to knock like yeah, everything out of me. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. There's a lot of tears shed and it's because I cared so much. Yeah. Um, I was very conscientious, but maybe not what she, she I maybe wasn't everything she wanted in, you right. know, a, a graduate trainee. And then I think you're, your boss can have such a massive impact on your career in those early years. Massively, yeah. Um, And I've I've had a real mix of bosses over the years, like some that have been really challenging and tricky. And I think, oh, I wish I didn't. But then they served a purpose.
0: They teach us something, right? Yeah, Whether it's a positive
1: or a negative.
0: I mean, I think we've all worked for our fair share of people where, if anything, in reflection, I look back and think... Thank you for teaching me how I never want to te- how I never want to treat yeah. people how you know and it's it's only in reflection I mean when you're in it it's it's real pain and yeah. it's real you know um but yeah
1: yeah, so i think um and it's interesting because I was sort of before we started, I was thinking about if my career path had taken a different direction and I'd have started flock sooner, which ultimately is what I always wanted to do I didn't really want to go get a a more corporate job, even though there were had some amazingly fun times there. Yeah, and it's a great sort of um environment to be in, and the training you get is incredible. So that's kind of set me up in a lot of ways. Yeah, for where I've got to now. So I probably wouldn't change it. But then there are days I'm like, well, if I'd have started this, you know, 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah, I mean, hindsight's always 2020. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think I would, you know, have changed anything. No. But I think, I was actually thinking about the 16-year-old thing, and I wonder if the media, social media, yeah. has accelerated mm. that, that, that a little bit. So that 16-year-olds are far more self-aware now than they were
0: when, when, we, were when we were
1: 16. Yeah, um, And that's quite sad because... Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's love-hate, isn't it? It is, it <laughs> is.
0: Oh, well, Sophie, this has been so amazing to sit down and it's nice because we've been chatting for what six months now
1: no to i finally know. meet to finally meet on
0: your birthday <laughs> so with that in mind we uh we should go oh. <laughs> but it's been it's been a real pleasure and thank um you, i Trish. wish you all the success um in the years to come i know that uh, your star is bright and oh, you're only very kind just getting started
1: we shall see thank you thank you <laughs>
0: Flourish with Trish is an original podcast hosted by me, Trish. It's produced by my father, Richard Johnson, from his home studio in Ontario, Canada. The music was also composed and produced by my incredibly talented dad, who, like my mom, has always encouraged me to follow my dreams. Thanks, Mom and Dad.